to the DIY Animation Show, where we get to the heart of what it means to be an independent animator. I'm Lauren Morse. And I'm Jessica Dahl. Together with our guests, we'll explore tips, tricks, the psychological, the fundamental, and above all, how to make whatever you can with whatever you've got. From the keys to the breakdowns and everything in between. The timing's right to do it yourself. Let's get rolling! to the DIY animation show! Hello! Welcome, welcome, welcome! Hope you've had a really good week so far. And if you haven't, it's almost the weekend. Wherever you are in the week, the weekend is closer than you think. (laughs) It's true. Even if it's Monday, don't you know that the weekend is just five days away? Yeah. It's not too bad. (laughs) Just there, just on the horizon. You can do it! You can reach out and touch it. Ah. Good. So good. So we are back with part two of our interview with Kate Sullivan, the magical guardian behind the wheel of fan animations, Moon Animate Makeup 1 and 2. Yes. In part one of Kate's interview, Kate touched on what her reanimated project process was like, the state of 2D animation, what makes a great demo reel, and what hustling really looks like. Mm. And now, here in part two, Kate dives into even more detail about her project management process for Moon Animate Makeup 2, from breaking down the episode to dishing out the work and putting it back together again. She also discusses the importance of fan creations and making the transition from fan to professional. We also go over the importance of timing, whether for your animated project, your career, and pretty much anything in your life. And, of course, we hear the one most vital thing Kate thinks a DIY animator needs. Yep, and it's a good one. It's a really good one. Ah. So good. We should mention that Kate's audio gets iffy in places. Her Wi-Fi and Skype were having a tough time. But we so enjoyed Kate's active energy and love of Sailor Moon and her optimism and excitement for what the animation community will create next just shines through. Mm-hmm. Nice and bright. Yeah. So Jess, would you like to do the honors? Yes. In the name of Moon Animate, let's start part two. Gotcha! I feel great. Excuse me while I go and protect this world. (laughs) No, I was going to say what I really like about that. I'm really excited to see what Moon Animate 2 is going to be like when it's all uh, put together and everything. But, you know, thank you. Me too. (laughs) But no, no problem. No problem. It's oh, man. It's just so good. But uh, with the first Moon Animate, I love watching that because you just see all these different interpretations, whether it's through the styles or how the characters are portrayed. Again, like even some of the characters are uh, uh, different races or even some are men. Like I laughed so hard when that popped up. That was the best. I loved it. But yeah, one of the great things about Moon Animate is that it's kind of this nice little rainbow bridge between fandom and professional worlds. I mean, obviously we do have professionals in there. And the first Moon Animate had a couple people sign on and one of them wrote was like, hey, um, I don't have a reel, but I'm the art director on Archer. Is that enough? 
And I was like, oh my God, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, wow. Let's, let's get you set up. Obviously, Google them, checked out. Oh, for sure. Um, but I feel like there are a lot of people in fandom who are struggling to kind of get their work done. And there's a lot you can just do within the community that is seen, um, but it's not quite breaking through. And you don't really know how to talk to the professionals or even where to find them. Mm-hmm. So I really like for this one, it's like, you know what, as long as you show me you can do the work, you're, you, I will give you work. And that's why for the first Moon Animate, I know a lot of people were like, this is really annoying, but I'm like, dude, go on the YouTube thing and turn it off. But that's why there are annotations in there. Like, if there's a shot, this is the person's name, this is their reel. Mm-hmm. So this way, if like a recruiter's watching it and like, I really like that, they'll go straight. I have no idea if it's been successful at all, but I just wanted to properly credit people and be like, this is the work they've done. And you can yeah, definitely yeah. tell in the submissions I'd get just, you know, the big difference between professionals and fans. I need another one for the fans who are on the verge of being pros because they're doing the work. Like even just fan art or fan fiction, they're sitting down and they're completing something. And that mm-hmm. makes such a huge mm-hmm. difference from just like reblogging stuff or doing art occasionally and then just getting into fights online. If anything, it's like, okay, you know what, if you're still trying to figure out how to animate, we're basically, you just, just copy the reference. Like, you don't even have to change the acting at all. If you want to do more, by all means do more. So it just, I guess it sort of gives people permission in a way to to work, to create something. So it's kind of this nice little bridge. And then if somebody, like, has really been consistent, I'll reach out to them and say, I'm doing this other thing. Do you want to, do you want to be part of it? And if they don't have time, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, I thought we were friends because, you know, you helped me out with the last one. And which that garbage is rampant throughout fandom. And I, I really hate it. But it's like, no, dude, you know what? That's totally cool. I understand. Or like even someone was like, you know what? I got a storyboard test that's really due. And I'm just like, dude, go make your money. That's totally OK. <laughs> I understand. And which is I just feel it's a little healthier. For the fact that Moon Animate number one and presumably now the second one as well, in production for so long, it must it must take a lot of mental and emotional energy on your part to run a production of that scale. Did you ever find yourself encountering burnout while you're working? Oh God, yeah, absolutely. Um, it actually happens every spring. It's not anything I do on purpose. It's um, my brain's just it's you know like I said I've got the ADHD and it's just kind of all over the place and it's just getting the dog back yeah. on the leash and I'm like all right this you went to the park it's, it's time we got to go home yeah 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 it happened um it happened during the first moon animate um I actually again was just really struggling to kind of get my foot in the door for animated work so um I'll just put it simply it happens every year I'm signed on for another project during the first moon animate that really kind of blew up in a bad way I quit went back to moon animate one debuted great success for Kira. I was working a lot. Um, I was just really struggling to just get ahead of my bills. And that wasn't even that long. It just wound up taking the same amount of time. So I just think like, okay, I just need the nine months from like November to July. That's just what I need. And then Moon Anime 2, I got caught up with work. I was sick. I was traveling. I was writing. It's just there's other stuff going on in my life that I wanted to do. But then it's like, okay, there's all these people who are dependent on me to get stuff done. I got to get this done. And when I'm doing stuff for myself... It's, it's never gonna, I'm never gonna finish it. Mm-hmm. But it's when it's other people are dependent on me, then it's like, okay, I have to get this done. Cause it's just, it's just the worst feeling when, you know, people are depending on you and you're just like, it just didn't feel like it, you know? Yeah. So it really spurs me to like get that work done. And then it helps me in my own work. So for the feature I wrote, I, was, I decided, okay, you know what? I've been doing roughs of this for a few years. I'm getting it done. I wanted to get it into that film festival. And I sent it in, they didn't pick it, but I'm like, I, it's done. It's, it is printed, it's bound, it's on my bookshelf. And I'm like, this is the thing I made. I, some, some people feel that way about their children. And I look at my, my written works. I'm like, I, I made a thing. Like, this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I'm proud of it. So yeah, just going forward, it's, um, you know, that's why I 
did Bart Kira instead of the next Moon Animate immediately, so I want to do something different. Um, I don't know if I'm going immediately into something original after this. I might just keep my head down for a while and then premiere it because I find that I get my stuff done better that way. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, I've bounced around a few other ideas of, um, you know, same thing, doing reanimate, but maybe doing an American uh, episode of something. Ooh. But, um, yeah, I've had a few ideas. I'm trying to figure it out. But, yeah, Burnout, I think it's... I don't know if it's too emotionally taxing. I try not to let it reflect on me personally. It also, you know, it also mm. helps that I've been do- doing so well. So that's good. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I think it was more emotionally draining not getting hired in-house anywhere for so long because I'm like, you know, I work really hard. I know how passionate I am. I know how well I do the work. And I was seeing people get hired for the positions I wanted when I was in-house as an artist, seeing people getting hired for a production who turns out they wanted to be artists or they actually want to do something else in life or they did not understand how animation worked. Right. And it made me crazy. I, one person asked for extra screeners to give to people for Christmas and three or four of us had to fly in and be like, that is not how this works. Um, that's kind of, you know, plagiarism in a way and not plagiarism, it's a uh, pirating in a way. We will all get in trouble. These things are tracked. And this person that like never had experience. So it's, that was really emotionally draining when it's like, I did all this work and I love this so much. Why don't you love me back? Mm-hmm. So it's when I decided, okay, you know what? I'm gonna, it's doing the Legally Blonde thing. I'm going to go do me. So I went and did me and now it's like, oh, I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> of all the school loan debt but you know i'll just chip away at it so the big thing is just um i think oh like i was ranting earlier about in fandom and thank you for letting me rant no <laughs> um, no you're good you're good but the same thing in fandom as the same thing in fandom as it is in professional life it's just you know, <sighs> have the outside hobbies and you know wi-fi is terrible in my house so if i work i take the laptop to a cafe near here and there's only one spot in there that has an outlet so i'm like okay you know what i'm really tired of sitting in the dark around the corner so i bring my laptop out and I sit at another table and sometimes friends will come in and they'll sit and they'll chat. And it's just, you know, it's a, it's just, you got to get out of the house. You got to read other stuff. Um, there's only so long you can read comics and film. I mean, look at the Simpsons. There's so many references they make in there to classic films. God, even Family Guy, like one of my favorite jokes in there is when they reference Benjamin Disraeli and they do the cutaway. He looks up at the camera and says, you don't even know who I am. <laughs> and you, you Google him and you find out, oh, it was one of the first Jewish prime ministers of England and was known for sardonic wit. And I'm like, that's that's great. I love that's that. Perfect. I mean, it's so perfect. I look at Hamilton. You know, it's this amazing musical that's not only based off this incredible biography. It references all these other musicals and all these other rap artists and Latin artists. I the end of say no to this, he says nobody needs to know. And I was like, that's Jason Robert Brown. Are you kidding me? What else is in here? I'm missing. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta go outside. You gotta, you gotta read other stuff because otherwise you're not. If all you work with is red and you never go near blue, you're never gonna know about purple. Oh, that's so good. That's really good. Well, then you know, red is fine. Red is fine. I was mm. the same way for a long time, and then you try other things, and it's like, oh, because then you get ideas for new work. Mm-hmm. You can't just be like, you know, sword and sorcery stuff. Like, okay what else like what else in sword and sorcery what's the new thing otherwise you're just doing cop lawyer doctor dramas on tv and it's like all right well there's work and there's an audience for it but you know it's not very interesting you know it's really funny just i i hadn't really thought of it in the way of like doing fan works of stuff uh, it's almost like by going out and getting experience and reading all these different things or watching plays or experiencing life and then creating work based off of that it's like you're doing fan work of life <laughs> in a way yeah yeah <laughs> oh my goodness yeah i actually started reading Miyazaki, right. Miyazaki's memoirs but he talks at the very beginning about just that you can't just go to art school and then immediately start working at a studio you know you haven't lived life yet you haven't gone out and seen what's out there to influence your work you know you Mm -hmm. can't just start and then have to learn this style you're gonna get burned out and you don't understand it go live life go like find things go travel go like try different styles of art too and that's kind of what I wound up doing is you know I've just been doing other stuff for the last few years and now I'm coming back to it with a perspective on it like okay here's what I want to do and god bless somehow working (laughs) 
I could have created all, all this, gotten nowhere, and I'd still be struggling. And instead, I'm like, okay, this is um, this could work. Yeah, it well. just seems like it just seems like there's like a bright future uh, like ahead with with all of this. I don't know, just like for again, like where DIY animation can go, where your DIY future is headed as well too. Just from oh gosh, I don't know. Thank it's, you, God, I hope so. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> it's it's. I feel the same way about 2D animation that um I did when I started Moon Animate, where it's like I'm standing in front of a fog. I can't see what's in front of me, but I know exactly where to go, mm-hmm. exactly how to navigate it to come out the other side. And I think it's a, it's a weird word. I don't like using the F word, but it's faith. It's like yeah. I got faith in just what I can do, what I know, my experience, what other people have done. And then it's like kind of, it's, I don't know, coincidence has happened for a reason. Anytime I think about quitting and going back to the straight and narrow, and then I wonder, you know, do I want to keep doing this? And then, you know, just literally sitting there in the theater um, watching Iron Giants and just, it opens with a documentary of, and it opens with pencil tests and Brad Bird is still misses 2D animation. I'm like, okay, this, this needs to happen. This is going to happen. It's just like, this is it. Yeah. But just, just gotta do the work. You could give us like a, like an overview of the process of it. Um... Let's go with Moon Animate 2 because that's a little bit more complicated. Oh, okay. Um, cool. The way I do it is um, the same thing I do with Moon Animate 1 is I kind of look for a channel soaking episode. Because if it starts with the very beginning, you know, it doesn't have all the characters, still kind of know, and you may not be quite that invested. Um, if it starts an important episode, then there's all the stuff that you have to know. And you're going to be like, oh, I'm lost. Who's Princess Serenity? I don't get it. And I also wanted to highlight stuff, features that I really enjoyed about it. The thing I love about Sailor Moon Manga is that he has some of the most amazing fight scenes ever. Um, I was a comic strip person growing up, not comic books, never liked Wonder Woman, thought she was boring. And I just thought she looked like a dude. Like, she just, anytime I saw her, she's really muscly, and I'm just like, and I obviously, to be fair, yes, women like that, I think this, you do look like that. But I just, it's just, it's drawn by guys who don't really know how to draw women. And I've, when I saw Sailor Moon as a comic, I'm like, you know, these all look like illustrations for, like, Chanel, but it's really violent and it's really intense. I jumped in during, like, the fourth arc when they're fighting the Dead Moon Circus, and I was completely blown away. Like, I had no idea you could do this, where you could have really, really, really feminine women who were just really powerful and not compromising about it, who were just as aggressive and violent as, you know, as Batman or the X-Men or anyone else. And they're interesting. They all have, like, distinct different personalities. And, God, that's why we need female representation, because they all miss out on that. They all think, like, oh, I can't have children. Or, oh, it's so hard being a woman, when normally it's like, oh, God, I bought scented max guys this time like that's what we think about <laughs> it's true <laughs> like one of the reasons i love bob's burgers is um all the women are drawn with different boob sizes like no one thinks to do that no one thinks to draw b cups and a cups or f cups but anyway getting back to the point so i wanted something that um you know you could just watch randomly and it's like oh yeah this seems interesting so the thing i liked about the manga was just all the fight scenes and um there's not as much as I'd like in the um, in the original anime. And those the episodes they do bust out the fighting is some of the best they have. So this one I went with, um, the one where they confront the Ayakashi sisters. It's also embarrassing. I had not watched this episode all the way through. I just knew the scene. So I watched it, and I was like, ah, this is going to be great. Um, so TVS is trying to get back to the future, and um, the Ayakashi sisters kind of make their debut. And there's this great fight they have with the inner senshi over it, with this, uh, this pop song over it. It's again, it's still very limited animation when you watch it. There's very little actual animation, but it's just very strongly staged. And you still get the sense that it's really intense and this is a really heavy moment. So I said, yeah, I want to go for that because I wanted to like, give those scenes to the really good people and see if they'll do more with it. Because a lot of the times when I'd kick off a shot, um, it would just be a still image and people would have had so much more to it. I'm like, this is why we're doing this. I want to see what you can do. So I went with that. The next step, when I'm not rambling about any other subjects, but whatever, I'm interesting, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> usually throw it into Final Cut Pro, and then I will break it down by theme. And I use a numbering system that I learned one of the places where I was in-house, where each scene will be like 010, 020, 030, in that order. And then first shot will be 010, 001. Next shot will be 010, 002. It just goes like that. If there's a transition, like there will be a fade transition because those have to get specially edited. There will be like 050036A, 050036B. Unless I missed it, in which case I'll just add other stuff. So I break it down by scene and a whole bunch of shots make up a scene. So a bunch of characters talking in one room, like that's a scene. And then it cuts to the bad guy's lair that's a different scene. So I just break it down by that. There's usually seven to nine scenes in an episode. Um, American shows, it might be a lot more. But usually it's not in a whole bunch of different areas. And in anime, they tend to jump around in different locations. And then I'll break it down shot by shot. So as soon as the camera cuts to a different angle or different characters, as soon as the camera cuts, that's the end of the shot. Usually I'd, I would scrub through, just go like keep hitting the arrow button until it jumps to the other shot. And then I'd go back. I'm like, okay, that's where we cut. What was really easy in Moon Animate 1 is that it had a tell because it was still shot on film. So there will be like, there was a little filmy layer at the bottom of the screen. It wasn't huge, but it was just enough to be like, okay, here's where the film strip was glued into the next shot. Oh, wow. So that was a really cool tell. So I just break it down by that. And then um, the render process is such a pain. I still have not figured out a way to batch render everything where you just put everything in a queue, click go, and they all render as individual files. I still have to render them as compound files, label them individually, and then render each one one by one. Not hard work, just very long work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, a little tedious. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's just, it's tedious and you just have to find stuff to do or go outside to work on it or, you know, put on the podcast to listen while you're working or just put a movie on in the background. Unless you have to listen to dialogue, then you got to turn everything off and really focus on that. <laughs> um, so yeah, just breaking that down is, um, it's just kind of labor intensive. Originally I put them into individual folders and in the first one I cut I rendered each shot and I also rendered the audio clip. And this time around, I'm like, that is too much work. And sometimes the audio clip doesn't work for you guys. Screw it. You can rip it yourselves. And bless everyone who's signed on. They're a good sport about it. So, and it's fine because some people who work on Windows, um, they won't be able to deal with like an MOV file. So it's a lot easier that way. So I cut everything down by that point. And then I always have an Excel sheet um, where I have all the elements. So for the first moon animate, I Well, what I do is um, when all the artists sign on is I'll put in their name, their email, the link they gave me to their reel, and I make it very clear I don't want anything attached. And then also, we talked about this earlier when, as a recruiter, Vimeo and YouTube are the best ones I can get. If Vimeo is very heavily used by professionals, that's always kind of impresses me, to be honest, where I'm like, oh, you're paying attention. YouTube is great, also good. I did have to yell at people about this earlier. I don't ever want to see ads or commercials attached to this. Mm -hmm. This has only happened recently where I've had to, I would have to sit through a commercial you know it's kind of unprofessional you know i only want to see your work and you know the revenue you make from this is not going to be worth like losing out on a job mm -hmm. it's just it's kind of like shaking the tip jar during an interview and i'm like that's not that's not gonna do it dude but anyway um so there's that um new grounds is fine uh, i've had a couple good reels on there i'm actually kind of surprised when i get them um they're still going it's still a good site one of the things that i stated about tumblr is that if you send me your website on tumblr i only want to see your artwork and even some of my pro friends i've had to tell this too because they're like oh well i have tags for it i'm like i don't care if I open your blog and I see you fighting with somebody putting in like anonymous hate mail who's clearly being a troll and it's 14 pages of that, I don't have time in the day to sit and find your work. It's the best thing you can do is this, actually this is one of the key things I learned as a recruiter. You always get told, you know, like impress them, put on your best face, wear this, say that, you know, show them how passionate you are, talk, you put your best work forward. Mm -hmm. The thing you want to do, what you want to keep in mind when you send your work to somebody or at least send it to me is how am I going to make this person's life easier? 
because there's so much on their plate. And that's the best thing I can think going into this is just showing you can do the work. And so it's like one less thing I have to train you on. It's one less thing I have to worry like, okay, can they handle this? Are they even going to turn it in on time? It just shows me that you can follow instructions. Here's what you can do. And it's going to be easy and it's going to be done. Mm -hmm. You know, the gal who helped me out with the visual effects in Moon Animate 1, I thought I'd have to do that myself. She made my life easier because this was this whole thing I did not have to worry about now. Did she like did she approach you saying like, hey, I can do the effects for uh, for this episode if you need me to. Or did you see the work that she did? And then you that that was literally it. Yeah, she emailed me um, and it was complete coincidence, too. I was looking. Was it? I might have put the word out uh, asking if anybody can help out with visual effects or something. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, she makes them for fun and she there's this i forget what software she uses um but it's a specific software for those kind of effects and she had a reel where showed her work and showed that it was finished and i was like oh my god this this is indistinguishable from what we used to see on tv yes absolutely here's what i need um let me just give you the shots so they can sync up together and then i'll edit them all together that just took that off my plate and i'm like oh thank god oh that's amazing so that's what makes yeah that just makes a really really big difference so yeah name email and reel Usually if they have a request, uh, if there's a character they want to do, if they specialize in visual effects or character animation, and the work has to reflect they can do that too. It's not just like, I want 20 seconds of animation, and then all they send for me is a bouncing ball. When I did Moon Animate 1, I try to give people a little bit of space and say, oh, hey, you know, if you need time to work on your reels, just get it done by the end of the week, or, you know, however amount of time you need. And then I'd never hear from them. So I'm like, okay, no, you have to be ready to go. Mm-hmm. I'm being a little stricter about it. Stuff gets done that way. And then... Um, I'll try and categorize their work. It's not a judgment of, you know, good or bad, but it's just like, okay, is your work kind of weak or is it really strong and can you handle a lot? Mm-hmm. So usual labels are digital 2D, digital 3D, um, stop motion, puppet. I'll label something student art if um, it's not great. Like if the line work is really all over the place, it frames hopping. But if they have something and I'm like, okay, you know what? I think we could work with this. Um, and then a lot of the times they'll turn in something that's really good. So it's like, nice. Let's do something else for your reel. It's still reference, but you know, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Moon Animate was a lot easier because it was just 40 or 50 people I had to go through. And then Moon Animate 2, oh my God, I got slammed. I got slammed. I absolutely see why people have intern assistants now because yeah. I don't like delegating. I like doing everything myself, which is one of the things you have to learn as a PM. But at least I've learned all the ropes. So, okay, something's wrong. I can go in and fix it um, rather than be, oh, we have to hire somebody. But it's it's very, very time consuming. So it's it's going through all the reels again. And um, usually we're trying to do first come first serve because, okay, you know what? Even if we don't get the whole episode, we'll have something. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, it's definitely, um, you know, if they do really good work, I want to save them for the ones that I know they can handle rather than just like, oh, God, who's left and who can handle this very, very fluid scene. For this one, too, this was a little bit different. On Moon Animate 1, I broke down each shot into each element. So it was not just see numbered shot number it was also what background is this what time of day is this how many characters and which characters what visual effects are in here um just how long is that when does the dialogue start when does it stop it was like that level of intensity and this time around i didn't do that um because i don't i don't need to now i just can just look at the clip and be like all right yeah we're good but the different thing i had to do this time was the dialogue because it's all in japanese Hi, really good friend of mine back from high school. Oh, God, I love Nicole. She and her husband, uh, Shige, sat down and transcribed all the Japanese dialogue. I speak, like, I'm conversational, but I'm not fluent the way they are. And mm-hmm. uh, they were able to sit down and they really listened to it. And they were very thorough. Um, and they transcribed all of it into Romanji. So when I'm kicking off shots, I could give them the original dialogue that they're saying and here's the translation of what they're saying so this way it's, it just helps with the acting and to be fair like not everybody who signs on uh speaks english fluently uh, and they don't speak it as their first language bless them they're making the effort though which is awesome so i would give them the dialogue in japanese and in english 
and then we're just trying to kick off a bunch of shots uh, or just as often as I can. So yeah, and Moon Animate wanted to have the rolling submissions just based off how many people were signing up at a time, and then we'd get a new wave. I'd go through that again, sign people up. Um, and this time was a little more particular, and I honestly I just got completely bogged down with just real life. So I wasn't able to hand out as many shots as I would have liked um, when people signed on. But it's just it's just a lot of work. And I don't really realize how much work it is until I take a step back and look at it. Because <laughs> even when this thing is done, I'll just be like, okay, it's done. And uh, what do I do with my life now? Like every single time, like Barkira exploded. And I was like, now what? I'm a failure. And my friends are like, no, just go work on your next thing. You'll be fine. I'm like, all right. Um, so that's definitely a big process there. And then um, a lot of it's just sitting and just give people time to work. Um, I don't send reminders about it. I trust people to send their stuff in also because I don't like being a babysitter. Mm-hmm. I just, we're all adults. You can get your stuff done. Um, and they send, and they'll send their stuff in. Um, once I go through everything, that's like, okay, I'm missing some people. Um, I'll send them an email and sometimes, yeah, you know, it's most of the time there'll be real life stuff going on and either they have to drop out or they need a little more time. And I'm, I'm pretty flexible. If you just let me know, I'll give you time. So yeah, it's just a lot of waiting for people to turn their stuff in and then following up about like, okay, stuff here on time. I would have had a scene together by now, but there is, there is literally at least one shot missing from every scene that where everything should have been due. So I've just kicked off a whole bunch of them again. So um, people had to drop out or just sometimes I just don't hear from people. And mm-hmm. that's, that's, I really hate that. It is embarrassing. I've done it before myself. I have dropped out without a word and you know, they notice they always do. You just go to them to be like, look, I really, I don't know the time or this is more than I thought it just let people know nine times out of ten they're not going to blow up at you if they do blow up at you it's not anybody you want to work with in the first place yeah so it's just getting all the shots together there and then um usually I'll, I'll put the scenes together in after effects because honestly it's just it's just easier for me that way it's easier for me to um you know fix like sometimes the aspect ratio will be a little off sometimes scenes will be a little long so there are some shots on Moon Animator Barkira I had to go in and drop some frames and it's not just cut a piece off the end because they animated too much you got to fix the timing in there too so it's like two frames from this motion one frame from that motion and just kind of making sure it all still works so it's not just like okay i'm running this project artists go and be merry i can't just be peter gregory with this i gotta know how everything works so if something's broken i can just go into the machine and fix it and i like being able to do that it's god saying that now i'm like oh i'm impressed with myself <laughs> that i can do that you're just like nice um, high five self <laughs> yeah yeah so i really like i have a lot of days where i'm just like am i doing anything but this was like oh wow no i'm proud of myself i can do that <laughs> uh can't character animation worth the crap though without my arm flaring up so definitely a lot of guilt there definitely a lot of guilt like i should be an artist and it's like no dude you literally can't be an artist but i figure you know what matt smith wanted to be a footballer and now he's the doctor so doing original work some of my friends have asked me does have you thought about doing like a collaboration like with you know funding from another country and it sounds silly but i feel very strongly like this has to like if i do original work it has to be american and i'm not like i'm not a flag person at all like it's not my thing but it i just feel very strongly like this is deeply part of our culture and um you know, obviously I was in high school during the Bush years. That was terrible. Like I was just like everybody else where you just kind of have a lot of self-loathing about where you live and just what, you know, your country is doing. So, but you feel a lot of pride about the stuff you do right. And it took me a long time to kind of really come around and be like, I really like living here. I really like what we do. And, you know, we have a lot of problems obviously, but the thing is we always talk about them and always are working towards making them better. Mm-hmm. And there are the loud mouths and the people who try to take advantage of us, but we're always fighting back and it always works out. Okay. So I'd honestly be really depressed if I took, stuff up to Canada or if you know, France might be okay I like their work but I just I really I <laughs> really want goblins us. again <laughs> oh my god yeah goblins
Um, very good, sir. You're right. That's very good. Very good. <laughs> um, but I would be very disappointed if I wasn't able to do this, you know, just with American artists and just like creating this here because this is so distinctly part of our culture. I mean, like other countries, you know, what is, you know, England know for? You know, King Arthur. What are we known for? Mickey Mouse, Bart Simpson, and Cartman, I guess you could say. <laughs> you know, it's not 2D animation, mm-hmm. but it's, um, it's still, it's still us. It is just, it's, it's not just you know, these little things we do, you know, sell soft drinks. It just very distinctly defines our culture and who we are. And then that's, yeah. So I'm just feeling very, yeah, no, I'd let, let the USNA do it. Glorious nation. Well, we'll bring 2D. Well, well, not even, well, we'll just, we'll bring 2D animation back and indie animation and. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's like, you know, film was kind of in a weird place in the seventies. Mm-hmm. There's all the independent filmmakers she brought it around. You know, it's, Francis Ford Coppola and um, oh my god, they have Kubrick. I don't he's not indie, but it's all these different original ideas on the outskirts. You know, like I mean, dude, Star Wars, but all of that was like stuff that they didn't know how to do. It's like we just have to make it. Like there's new ways to do green screens, new way to do matte paintings, and that's why it still looks so good because it's just they had to figure it out. I mean, even you know Jurassic Park, the yeah. computer technology is still so brand new that we can't go all the way CG. Well, let's do some of it. And the CG still looks incredible because, you know, ILM, they're amazing. But also because there's a big animatronic T-Rex screaming on set. Like, that's why it looks awesome. <laughs> so it's, yeah, this is, I, feel, I feel a lot of pride about this stuff. So it's like, I, it needs to be done here. Yeah. So we got we to gotta get better. This is our stuff. It does get better. It always yeah. does. So um, yeah. moving back to what is my process rather than how do I feel about American film and culture. So after that, once I get all the scenes together, I'll put them together in uh, After Effects. I'll put the scenes together just because it's, it's, I know there are ways to do it in Final Cut. There's ways to do it in Premiere. I work well with After Effects. After Effects is the girlfriend I can't quite quit. She's, just, <laughs> she's really good to me and then she's really difficult, but then she's good to me again. And I'm like, ah, baby, I love you. <laughs> so yeah, edit all the scenes together. You know, people can send stuff in with the sound attached or not. At the end of the day, I turn all the sound off anyway. I'll throw it on the final cut because for some reason it just renders, it just, I'm able to preview it a lot faster. But I'll put it together in final cut with the whole audio from the episode. So I can look at it and say, okay, where are their lip sync discrepancies? It's just doing retakes. It's sitting down and saying, okay, what's wrong with it? And then you watch it a couple times. And even like, God, even Bark here, I hate admitting this. There is the, the sound is off a couple frames for part of it and then it gets back on track and then the volume suddenly goes up during the credits i properly noticed that during a, a screening and i think the thing the reason why is because i don't really have a speaker system i just have the speakers on the mac mini and so i just use that but then i have these bluetooth speakers for my shower because you know sometimes you want to shower and listen to netflix it's, you know you want to listen to music yeah so i use that for a while and stupid me did not realize oh my god there's a delay there's a very, very, very slight delay. Oh, no. At some point, I, I will drop the cash and pick up, you know, some nice stereo speakers from Craigslist so I don't do anything that stupid again. So in the meantime, I just put my headphones on and I work that way. Do you think the problem was that you were working from two pairs of speakers or was it the quality of the speakers or what do you think? Oh, no, it was um, it was just the one speaker. Oh, okay. Um, but it was it was a Bluetooth connection. Yeah. So there was a very slight delay for the sound. So that's why it was off by a few frames. Oh. So it's just... It's just learning from my mistakes, and it's nothing, you know, terrible. But, you know, it's the same way. I mean, what kind of comforts me in a way, and I know it just stresses other people out, is just, you know, you see the early episodes of a lot of TV shows when they were figuring stuff out. I mean, there's, I mean, God, a lot of the stuff that made it through retakes and family guys, like, it's amazing it got on the air, but it's also very comforting in a way. I'm just like, they had to figure it out, too. I mean, God, there's one episode where Joe, like, disappears 
as he's uh, as he's wheeling away from something. But it's funny because they're all pointing it out during the commentary, and it's just kind of this nice reminder of just like, oh yeah, no, we were, we were all in the weeds once, and we all had to figure stuff out that way. And so so yeah, and then uh, do the final render and <laughs> go through. It has to be at least twenty or thirty renders. And it, yeah, it's just getting this file size down because I'm putting this up online. YouTube is a very good sport. YouTube is a very, very, very good sport about um, you want to put like two gigs up there. They'll find a way to make it work. Um, but it's wow. generally ideal if you render it down. So it's also trying to render it down, not lose the quality, especially because all of these were animated as in standard definition, like before we had HD. And a lot of the times you can still keep the aspect ratio as like four, three or something and animate and render it in an HD format. But the hosting sites will not recognize it as HD because of the aspect ratio. I found it out the hard way with the, with Vimeo. Try to render the best quality you can get and just put it up online. Vimeo does have a limit for um, how big a file size you can upload a week. Okay. And um, But you know what? If, if you have the money to pay for it, just pay for it because they do such great work. They really try to support independent works. It's a really wonderful place to see new shorts and new artists. YouTube is it's great, but it's kind of it's all over the place. I feel like YouTubers is network work and cable tv together and vimeo is hbo you know if you're going to go to vimeo you're going to see good work mm-hmm. mm, yeah no that's really interesting distinction yeah they're super sweet they're doing wonderful stuff when i put barkira up there it was one of the staff choices and i was like oh this is wonderful thank you so much oh, cool. and uh, somebody asked me you know, how come uh, you didn't put Monanimate on here we would really like that one too and i said well honestly it's just i could not get the file size down i was able to get Monanimate under 20 gigs or something like that um which is still mm-hmm. huge but I just couldn't get it down small enough for the um, five gig limit they have if you're free. Oh, wow. um, I just couldn't get it down. I just can't afford the uh, the plus subscription right now. And they're just like, oh, well, here, to have it for a year. And then you don't get up, get up on your feet. And then, you know, and I was like, oh, oh my God. So wow. Moon Animates up there now. I can afford to like chip in and just be like, all right, I can, I can add to the site because, you know, it's just, you know, it's the thing about being millennial. You know, there's so much good stuff we want to be able to pay for. We just can't afford it. So <laughs> like when I can't afford it, it's just like, yeah, I will pay for the HBO now screen streaming. Although, you know, I do like going to the bar to watch Game of Thrones. It's more fun that way. <laughs> then I put it up online, put it on Tumblr and Facebook and uh, just let it go from there. I could stress myself out trying to email people, but there's always, publicists always have their inboxes blowing up and it's, you know, it's like I was saying earlier, you know, just put the work out there and People come to you. Yeah. Do you think if it's meant to be that the work will circulate amongst people, whether you uh, uh, promote it or not? I think it depends. Um, I'm very, very fortunate that um, you know Sailor Moon is such a strong following, and it made the rounds that way. But I think it's just, yeah, just do the work, and you know, hopefully, it's in the right circles, and you're reaching your audience, or just like, you're reaching the people you want to reach because mm-hmm. they'll probably react to it, and they will share it with other people, and it'll make the rounds. I mean, Moon Animate hit one million views on YouTube its first week. Wow. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Like, I mean, if honestly, if I came across like a half hour, I'm like, well, that's cool. I'm not watching like a half hour. That's crazy. And a million people were like, yeah, we'll watch this. I'm like, that's insane to me. It's coming up on 2 million now as well. I'm just like, what? What, really? Okay. (laughs) Oh, great. I hope you spend money on the original stuff I put out of (laughs) them. Yeah, you know, like I I did my own artwork and I felt, you know, it's strong, but I never really had a big following. That's why I don't really have a following per se online. But, you know, going back to the bad parts of fandom and just, you know, I like my anonymity. It's kind of like, no, this is fine. I'll put out what I want to put out and let's just leave it there. Yeah. I think it's a matter of timing too. I remember, I just remember watching Best in Show back when that came out, you know, the Christopher Guest movie. That movie is amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was watching. 
watching Jane Lynch and I was like screaming anytime she was on camera. She was so funny. And I was also kind of mad. I'm like, she's so funny. She's so good. She can't stay in indie film forever. Everybody has to know how awesome she is. But I mean, you know, I'm 13. There's not a lot I can do. <laughs> and then, you know, she's starting to get some more roles and then she's on Glee and then she's hosting stuff and then she's in Disney. And I'm like, thank God, this is so great. That's so great that everybody knows her now. So I think it really is just like, you know, if you are bringing something to the table that's different and people like it, you know, it'll find its own legs. I mean, that's so office space took off. It's how all this other stuff has gotten going. It's just, you know, if people like the work, you know, it'll it'll go from there. Like if you build it, they will come. Yeah. Or sometimes they won't. And it takes a while. Or sometimes it'll be there and it'll never be found. But it's just, you know, make the work and put it out there. So we have a final question for you. <laughs> What's the one most vital thing you think a DIY animator should have? I think just a strong work ethic. You know, I'd love to say, you know, pencils, paper, Photoshop, good attitude. But you got to sit down and you got to do the work. Because mm -hmm. you are, it's in there. It is doing it yourself. It's, you could have all the money, all the resources, and just everything you need. But if you are not sitting down and putting in the time and putting in the effort, then you're not doing it. Mm -hmm. You're not doing it at all. And there's a lot of stuff. I've been on some projects where he gets caught up in the fund, in the fundraising or in just get, making everything official or just what does our logo look like? What do the t-shirts look like? And, you know, it's like you're putting on the frosting before you got a cake. Like you don't even have the pans out yet. <laughs> and... <laughs> It's like I said earlier, you know, we've sort of been raised to have that mentality of just like, okay, well, everything, there was the structure, it is being provided, and now it's gone. So if you want to succeed, you have to do it yourself. You have to get in the dirt. You have to fail. Well, you don't have to, but you're going to fail, and you're going to learn from it. And it's it sucks, but it's fine. You'll get better. I just So many other people failed, and they kept going, and it gets better. But it really is, you have you have to do the work. I would really love to be just like, oh, be passionate. Like, passion is nothing. I have passion. I am passionate about many things. you got to have the work ethic. It's just not the great pencil. It's not the Cintiq. I mean, just look at Mike Judge's early shorts. Like, he did not know how to animate. He was, I think he was an accountant or something. He's a, like a math background. But he's like, I want to make shorts. And he made the shorts. And they don't look, you know, these high polished art, but... It's still uh, Milton and uh, what will become Lumberg, and the jokes are there, and the work is there. He's got to keep going at it. So do the work, young people. Damn it. Because I was just like you, and I didn't do the work, and I thought it was fine until you realize, oh, wait, that's how things get done. <laughs> so it's not enough to say you have passion, that you love this, that, and the other thing, that you're a fan. Stop being a consumer and start being creative. Start creating work. Here, do here. the work. Here, do here. the work. Oh, that was yeah. fantastic. Oh, that's great. Man, thank you. <laughs> thank you for letting me rant. It's just nice to be able to kind of get the word out and just like, look, here's all the stuff we're talking about. And I want, you know, other people to hear it. This is the only way it's going to get better. Yeah. No, you got you got to talk about this stuff if you want, you know, if you want any sort of change. It's kind of like, you know, it's like what you were saying. It's about the work ethic. You're like, and it's one thing to be passionate about it. But if you want change and you got to do something about it and you got to see it through to completion uh, as well. No, ex exactly. It's um, I mean, but because we've had the structure for so long, you know, whether it's, you know, in animation itself or in the country itself or even wherever country you are living in, like if you have that structure and stability and suddenly it's gone, you're kind of, you know, learning how to swim because you never kind of really needed to jump in like that. But, you know, things are always changing and it's the only way it gets better if, you know, we just we do the work. It's not enough to go online and complain and shit the show creators because that's a really shitty thing to do. Sorry, I'm swearing. Um, <laughs> it's just you have to jump in and like, OK, well, I'm going to contribute. So, Kate, it's been wonderful talking to you today. Um, where can people find you online? 
I still really don't have like a professional Twitter handle. Like, I've got my personal one I yak on. But if you just follow the Moon Animate Tumblr or the Bert Kira Tumblr, that's just the best way to find my stuff. If you look for Moon Animate or Bert Kira, they'll be on Tumblr. Um, I'm also on Vimeo. So if you look for it on Vimeo, just trace me back to the username because I don't remember what mine is. I'm sorry my cats are being rude right now. Now you're being so rude. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> So um, that's the best way to find me for now, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, Kate, thank you so much for talking with us. We've covered so much fantastic stuff. Uh, I'm just, oh, I don't know. Thank you. I'm really excited. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it was it's great to yak about all of it because, you know, I've talked about, you know, Sailor Moon before. I've talked about just, you know, how I put everything together and here's how I'm having fun. I think this is probably the rawest I've been so far. I'm just like, you know, here's... Here's what's bothering me about the industry. Here's what's bothering me about the fandom. Here's the work mm-hmm. we need to get done. Here's how much work it is. But also, you know, here's all this great stuff we're going to make. Yeah. It's not just enough to just go when well, everything sucks. It's like, you know, it's a weird time to try and be in animation right now. You know, there's a lot of great work being done. It's just a weird time to be alive. It's really interesting. So I think the reason why I'm just kind of going off is like, I know so many of us are kind of in the same page of just, you know, what am I doing? Am I happy? Mm-hmm. Like doing this thing that I studied, you know, the, am I happy being an animator? Do Should I do something more? Like, do I want to work in a studio? Do I want to leave? I This wonderful comic artist, Zach Gorman, um, who does these beautiful animated comics, very like sort of simple, scratchy style that are just breathtaking. He usually does them about Nintendo. He recently spoke on Twitter about how he, he doesn't like drawing. He thinks it's a chore. And I don't think that gets talked about enough is that, you know, sometimes you don't enjoy this stuff. He says it was just a way to create work. And then when he's honest about himself that, you know, this is work, it's not necessarily enjoyable, then the work becomes enjoyable again because, you know, we're being honest about it. Yeah. So I think it's there's a lot of us that are kind of just like trying to figure this out because, like I've been saying, you know, that structure is kind of gone that we grew up with, not necessarily like as kids, but just you know, just the environment we were growing up in. And now it's like, okay, well, this is, you know, we got to figure something out. And much as I'm like ranting and raving, I'm just like wanting everybody to know, like, you know, we're going to figure something out. It's going to be okay. Because I see how hard all of us are working. Just the amount of work you have to do to just get by, like financially. And then making time to make a short film or a comic or to like travel somewhere and put your work out. It's, it's just insane, the level we work. And I just, you know, much as I'm, like, ranting about all this stuff, I just, everybody's listening. If you're doing the work, I am really, really proud of you. We're going to be okay. Everything's going to get better. And the stuff we're making is just, it's so cool. Like, I'm still, like, really amazed anytime I see new stuff come out. I think, like, okay, this is the end. And then, you know, I'll see Over the Garden Wall or I'll see Hamilton. And I'm like, I can't believe what we're making. You're like, like what this, are, is so, this is so awesome. What are we going to make next? My goodness. Exactly. That's what gives me the hope. It's like, you know what? There's more cool stuff coming. Mm-hmm. So, good job, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yay. <laughs> Kate for sharing your thoughts with us it was a blast and it was just super interesting to hear about the process of making moon anime happen yeah it just really demonstrates the magnitude of what she managed to bring to fruition with everybody's contributions but it also showed actually how simple a process it is as well like she said it's long work rather than difficult work yeah completely I think my favorite thing that she talked about and it was just kind of like a a repeating theme throughout the conversation and it was just her attitude towards perseverance in general and completing things and just this idea that just by completing stuff makes you a professional for one because you're completing things and you're getting your work out there Uh, so I thought that was really cool Mm. but I also just thought that it was very admirable and honest and I just really appreciated her touching on how you're bringing your own positive attitude in and again just 
continuing through to make things like ultimately that does affect the big things positively, like the industry, the world. So I don't know. I just, I feel really inspired and it just like, I'm here, like I want to answer the call to uh, let's all be our best selves and bring that into our work, our relationships with people uh, online and offline. And ultimately that's going to uh, transform the community into that much of a better place. Ugh, it just feel great. Mic drop. Boom. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was so good. I mean, likewise, um, it was kind of a recurring sort of personality thing for me as well. Kate is so driven and has such a great, I'm here, let's do this or go home. Um, kind of a no one's going to do it for me attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just gets me really pumped for my own projects and thinking, yeah, well, I'm here. I've got this idea. So let's just let me make it. Heck yeah. What are we waiting for? <laughs> just got to move forward. Can we just do like a communal DIY high five, like with all the listeners? Yes. Where, wherever you are right now listening to this, put up one hand and high five it with your other hand. Yes. Yeah. Boom, you deserve it. We can totally do this. You got your projects in hand. It's going to happen and it's going to be good. Yeah, dudes. Yes. If you also want to like pump up your biceps and kiss them, you can do that too. I'm cuz I just did. That's a that's and a I'm feeling strong for it. Oh, damn. <laughs> this episode is just one of strength, man. <laughs> Super oh, good. So much strength. <laughs> So good. Yeah, dude. Anyways. Anyways, as we speak and as we kiss our biceps, <laughs> uh, <laughs> school has likely started for Kate as she begins her master's at London's Guildhall School of Music and Drama. Ooh. We wish her the absolute best of luck as she follows her passion for writing her own material. And we can't wait to see what she goes on to create. Yeah. Like, she's done this already. What's she going to do next? Oh, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> so good. So if you haven't yet watched Moon Animate Makeup 1 or 2 and witnessed the fruits of Kate's and her contributors' labour, what are you waiting for? (laughs) They are the spectacular prelude to even greater things. I just know it. You can find them on YouTube or Vimeo by searching Moon Animate Makeup. And we'll also have the links for them in the blog post for this episode, of course, Mm -hmm. at diyanimation.show forward slash D-I-Y-A-21. That's two, one. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy Kate's episode? Was there something that really stood out to you? We would love to hear. Write to us on your favorite social platform, Instagram and Twitter at D-I-Y-A show, the D-I-Y animation show on Facebook, and of course, the comments on this blog post, diyanimation.show forward slash D-I-Y-A 21. That's two, one where you'll also find all the links for this episode. Yeah. And if you like what we do here on the show, and you're able to, would you consider leaving us a tip on coffee.com forward slash DIYA show? It will go directly to paying hosting costs for the show, keeping the show running, all those fun and exciting but necessary admin things. (laughs) But if you can't donate, that's also no biggie. We get it. Mm-hmm. Instead, could you share your favourite episode of the show with your friends? We feel that every animator needs a boost and we'd love to get the word out there that everyone's animated projects are doable. Mm-hmm. They're within your grasp. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah. Thanks so much, you guys. Really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everybody. Well, that wraps up today's interview. Join us next month on Wednesday, October 23rd 
for a new guest and a brand new dose of animation inspiration. Until next time. Follow your heart. And have fun animating. (laughs) DIY says. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what Sailor Moon says? Yeah, the end of the episodes that the Funimation put out. Oh, I love it. She would go, Sailor Moon says. And I was always like, yeah, she does say. (laughs) Yeah. The DIY Animation Show is an indie production from your hosts, Jessica Dahl and Lauren Morse. Our theme music was provided by Azure Flux. Subscribe at DIYanimation.show. If you liked this podcast, maybe you'll enjoy more art and story podcasts from our friends at the Oatly Academy of Visual Storytelling. Featuring insights from some of the most inspiring voices in animation, games, biz effects, comics, and children's books. Find them at friendsofdiya.com. We'll see you next time. Bye! Um, is that, please stop eating that, Daria. God damn it. That's the other cat. <laughs> Diablo, Rex, the, uh, Diablo Rex, the black cat named after Donut. And I have Daria Meowgendorfer. Michelle. Oh, yeah. Yep. Couldn't re- couldn't resist not using that name. Too good. They're both very sweet. They're both very sweet.